afternoon. It's Tuesday, the 8th of January, in the year of our Lord, 2021. And it's just coming up to quarter to one in the afternoon here in the UK. Uh, second show of the day. Um, this is a very important show, as always. It's my Good Life Health show with the wonderful Clive DeCarl. Hello. Hello, Lou. Lovely to be back with you. Lovely to have you back, Clive. Um, OK, we've got loads to talk about. Loads to talk about. I would like to start, please with Mr. Dr. Anthony Fauci. Um, it looks like he's, well, we, we knew this. Alternative media knew that it was created, this, this scandemic was created in a lab. Um, basically, the flu virus fiddled around with by a load of scientists on the behest of the deep state leaders and lords, overlords. We knew this was coming. We knew that Dr. Fauci was dirty, but it looks like he is taking and being chucked under the bus um, to avoid, like the sole blame is being put on Fauci. Nothing to do with uh, anybody else. No, they're not looking at doing anything with China. It's all to do with Dr. Fauci. And Dr. Fauci, I do believe, has got quite a... Um, a wide and varied career and uh, apparently did lots of nasty things when the AIDS virus came out. But that's another story. Clive, what do you know about Dr. Fauci and what do you think about him being, having all the blame shoved on to him? What are your thoughts? Well, uh, while you know that I don't run 100% with the whole viral theory as it is explained, uh, that said, Fauci's clearly a criminal. It struck me for a few days now that they are chucking him under the bus, as you say. Um, but uh, things aren't always what they seem. You know, the, 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 the pandemic has been in planning for probably a quarter of a century. And uh, it's much more complex, uh, I think, than it initially appears. Absolutely, absolutely. So what can you see, uh, in your opinion, what do you think, you know, okay, you're not, you're not a, uh, you're not so much in, in the same line, but, you know, you look at health, you look at what Fauci has been saying to people and the advice that he's been given. Would you uh, agree with him being given such a hard time at the moment? What, what do you say about that? Well, you know, I view it, that this whole thing, as not about a virus, it's about World War Three. it's about the control uh, financially and physically, you might say, of the entire population of the world. So I think the whole virus thing is just one, one of the steps in the game, one, one of the places on the board, and they'll move to the climate change, they'll move to the food shortages, and they'll move yeah. a, a whole host of things. I, I believe that we are being genocided um, and... Uh, you know, chemtrails, all those things, poison food. So, you know, it's time for everybody to wake up and decide not to poison themselves, not to accept untested, undried genetic modification agents and, and so forth. It's, but, I mean, pretty much everybody's made up their mind. So, you know, um, I think it's just part of the game. And what can you see you know, the future being? in Because we've had the great Dolores Carhill. Um, we've had another lot of doctors. The doc, frontline doctors were coming out originally and saying about hydroxychloroquine mixed with ivermentsin and, I don't know, zinc, was it? I don't know. 
I can't remember the quality that was clear that was that was curing people everyone was getting shut down they're now doing these vaccines we had uh, um, Dr. Vernon Coleman uh, the old man in the chair sitting there um, seeing him crying uh, because of what doctors and nurses were, were doing we're now being told doctors have been paid £12.38 for every injection that they're putting in people's arms um, we've got to now wait. We, we know people are suffering with blood clots. Um, but a lot of people are saying this isn't the true. We're not going to see the true effects of these experimental vaccines um, until possibly a year, 18 months into it. Can you add any more to that, Clive? Before This is all before. Let's get this out of the way before we start going on to, to certain products and health. What, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, nobody is low on a vaccine. There's not one person on the planet whose body is ill because it's missing a vaccine. Pretty much everybody who is ill uh, has lost their health because of nutritional deficiency and poisoning. And putting more poisons in, uh, and these vaccines aren't vaccines, as, as we've discussed uh, previously, they are genetic modification agents. They're going to change people's genetics. And uh, this is a crazy, silly place to be. Uh, nobody knows the future. So, I mean, look at thalidomide. You know, they gave thalidomide to women uh, in whenever it was, the 60s, uh, because they were told it would um, uh, stop morning sickness. And then hundreds of thousands of children born without arms and legs, you know. So they're merrily injecting children with a, an untested, untried uh, agent. You know, the, as far as I understand, the ferrets in the animal trials died. Uh, you know, the whole world is, has suddenly entered into a clinical trial of an untested, uh, untried, ridiculous drug. And I mean, to put this really in perspective, uh, the AstraZeneca one, the Oxford vaccine, when they were testing uh, uh, that with the, clinic, the early clinical trials, stage one, uh, they were uh, using as a placebo, um, I think it was the brucellosis vaccine. So they were able to say... Well, the people who had the placebo didn't have any different effects to the ones that had the real vaccine. So if, if the placebo is another vaccine, uh, it's a con. You know, we expect the placebo to be salt water or something injected into you. But if the placebo is another vaccine, then the placebo results are useless, worthless, totally worthless. Wow, I, I had no idea of that, Clive. No idea at all. Well, people have got no idea of any of it. Um they just don't know that they're being lied to on a massive uh, scale. I mean, let me talk about um, uh, relative risk uh, versus real risk. Okay. So this is from the government's own figures. Um, the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee meeting in December the 10th of 2020, uh, this is where this information comes from, um, 36,621 participants randomized one-to-one -to, -one to vaccine or placebo. Efficacy uh, in preventing confirmed COVID-19 occurred at least seven days after the second dose of the vaccine was 95%, with eight COVID-19 cases in the vaccine group and 162 COVID cases in the placebo. Okay, so... Um, of the 36,621 participants randomised one-to-one 
to vaccine or placebo. Um, seven days later, they measured what they call the efficacy in preventing confirmed COVID-19 cases, at least seven days after the second dose of the vaccine. Now, they say that after two doses of the vaccine, uh, there was 95% efficacy in preventing the confirmed COVID-19. Now, how many people tested positive? Well, in the vaccinated group, uh, only eight people out of 36,000 tested positive. In the unvaccinated, oh, sorry, in the placebo group, who also got a, a vaccine, just a different one, there were 162 COVID cases. But remember that a case um, uh, uh, with an unreliable test like the PCR is, is you know, if we look at uh, relative risk, uh, eight people out of, I'm sorry, so uh, of that 36,600, if you divide that number in half, so there are 18,300 in one group and 18,300 in another. So of the eight people who tested positive in one group, um, the relative uh, 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 the risk comes to 0.00044. Now, with the other group, the ones that got the brucellosis vaccine, that was 162 out of 18,300. So their risk, I guess, is the placebo group, the ones who should be at, at risk, is... 0.00885. Um, and with a bit of clever arithmetic, they can turn that round to, to, uh, to say that um, the difference between the vaccinated and the brucellosis vaccinated is uh, 0.0044 against 0.00885. Now, that number... The difference between those two groups, those two tiny, teeny, tiny groups, is 95%. But uh, in reality, um, if you uh, take the absolute risk reduction, uh, it comes to 0.8%. So you know, they're say, when they claim it's 95% effective with their faulty test, it's not. Arithmetic shows you that it's 0.8%. You know, lies, damn lies and statistics, as the old saying goes, they have fooled yet again. They do this all the time. They've used statistics to fool everybody, including the media, because nobody knows how to do arithmetic any 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 time now. You know, right. They've changed. They've just so destroyed the education system that most people just can't do some basic. Oh, no. It's criminal what they've done. It's absolutely criminal. I mean, you look at people's handwriting now, like younger ones. I mean, it's just like, it's terrible. We used to have, you know, we used to have to sit there and do lines and practice each letters. I mean, I said to my, I said to my son, did they, I mean, he's got, luckily, he's got lovely writing, but I said to, to you know, when, you know, were they doing, when this was when he was younger, do you sit down and you do each letter on, on a line to keep practicing? No, none of that was ever done. So they, they destroyed education. They're coming for our children. I mean, what I'm just about to, to ask you, Clive, is, these experimental vaccines, we know now that they're using them on young children. What can you see? I mean, can you see this being as big as the, the flamidahide thing? Are, are we looking at 
a, a situation um, but like the thalidomide and uh, thousands of children? Well, I mean, I hope not, but nobody's got any idea because the testing's never been done. This is like the biggest experiment ever uh, in, the, in the history of the world, perhaps, and everybody's just going along with, you know, taking something that's going to change their genetic structure, and nobody knows how, uh, you know, I mean, Moderna, you know, uh, modified RNA, Moderna, um, uh, they've never had a successful vaccine in the past, you know, and I think it's with them, with them that the ferrets they tested all died. You know, so people are just happily taking a vaccine from a company that's never made one before in using a genetic modification system that's never been tried before or worked successfully. And how many millions of people, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, have taken this experimental thing uh, happily? And I can't get my head around it. No. It's just, it's insanity. It is mass insanity. And, you know, it's like, why? Uh, uh, they don't need it. They don't need it. There's not like, that. you've just got to look at, at the figures of exactly what you've said. But people are going, they don't care about the consequences. And it's just, it, it, it baffles me, Clive. It totally and utterly baffles me. Well, as you say, you know, they're, they're, they're hypnotised, the world is hypnotised, and perhaps if enough people um, get ill, uh, they won't be able to hide it on a, on a different variant this time. They'll, they'll have to perhaps admit that uh, the vaccine is doing damage. I mean, the figures in the UK now are coming towards 700,000 people who've reported vaccine damage on the yellow card scheme, the government's own scheme that the government print the figures to and um, you know over a thousand people are dead uh, at some point uh, people might wake up that that was odd you know uh, this person got a heart problem or, or paralysis or headaches or but yeah you know, whatever it is I've seen people you know people with kidney damage that you know it's right across the board and the government's own figures show every single uh, infirmity you know, it's in, you know, you can look under heart and then there'd be all the heart attacks, all the arterial bursting, whatever it might be. And um, it's incredible. So the government themselves say that only 10% of the adverse reactions are reported. That means you're up to coming towards 70 million, uh, uh, sorry, 7 million adverse reactions, rather. Uh, and many people feel the government is exaggerating unless people are reporting yellow card events than, than they should. I may have mentioned this on a previous show, but I went to my local GP's practice and asked them uh, how many uh, yellow card incidents from vaccine damage have you reported from this big practice? They said zero. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they're just not doing it. You know, no, the, no. the law, you know, the rules say that doctors should report adverse reactions but as as we know should in legal terms means it would be a really good idea if you did doesn't mean you have to that's just absolutely sounds well they, they've got they've got an interest in it so haven't they the gps have got an interest everyone that they're they're they're, they're jabbing they're getting 12 pound 44 12 pound 38 to be precise so, so why would they uh, report the reverse reactions why would they stop this is just like ching 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 
Yes, and, and I think it was Cameron who's, who said he hoped that doctors, um, uh, he hoped that doctors um, would um, uh, vaccinate a thousand people a day at 12 pounds. Oh. Um, you can see why doctors like the idea of the whole thing, can't you? We can. And can I just say, I mean, everyone who's listened to me over the years from the column to now, uh, knows my thoughts on this vile individual who I don't believe should be walking. In fact, I've just done a show with Dave Lady talking about common law. and uh, We brought up this man that he should actually, why, why he's still walking free. Apparently, Tony Blair on Sunday spoke to Andrew Marr and he said, well, they can't force people to be vaccinated. They can make life unbearable for those who decide to decline. And that's a message from Tony Blair. So if you ever had a question to doubt this vaccine, if all the evidence showing that it's experimental, Tony, Tony Blair's advising people to take it. If that doesn't put raise alarm bells and stop you having it, I don't know what will. There you go, Clyde. Yes, quite. OK, <laughs> shall we um, talk health? Now, let's talk health. So... Where, what, what are we up to? Uh, summertime, hay fevers. Um, I don't know. Let's, let, we can talk about allergies and things and then we can take it wherever you'd like to go, Clive. Sure. Well, uh, allergies very often are just a simple vitamin C deficiency. Vitamin C is the ultimate antihistamine, one might say. So that's the first thing to try to take, you know, a gram or two. That would be maybe a quarter or half a teaspoonful of pure non-GMO vitamin C powder like ascorbic acid. It's very cheap. Um, uh, take that several times a day. So you've got, let's say, five grams of vitamin C in you, or you could go up to 10 grams. Uh, you know, the body's self-regulating, so you take too much vitamin C, you find yourself in the toilet with diarrhea, so and that, that, now you know what an overdose is. But aside from that... Um, you might find that uh, asthma symptoms disappear. Also, it's worth uh, putting uh, a, a, some Celtic sea salt uh, on the tongue for a minute or so and then washing it down with some water. For some people, that works quite well too. Yeah, what about... We went to, uh, before this drama, we were in Goa, and my daughter's a redhead. Um, she was using coconut oil, she, but I think the first day... She came back and her face, it looked like she was having an anaphylactic shock. She wasn't, she wasn't having it, but it was so puffy. Uh, even her eyes, I mean, it was absolutely horrendous, Clive. Um, and she's a redhead. I mean, she went a lovely colour, she, but that she didn't, she didn't burn like blister. She just came back, the, you know, from the first day, completely swollen. Completely swollen. Uh, what can be done? Is is that just sunburn, or is it a part of an allergy? What what is it? Why would her face swell to that extent? Because it wasn't badly burned. Mm, I I don't really know the answer to that one. I'm with somebody uh, right now who lived uh, on a Fijian island for years and years. Let me ask him, Charles. You ever come across that Swe swelling up from heat? From heat. Mm. Yes, going out in the sun, not burning really badly, but getting puffy. No, very bizarre. Oh. Okay, so, fair enough. So, so um, uh, uh, dehydration uh, could possibly have played a part. 
quite possibly. Um, now, one thing I want to talk about, Clive, you sent me a fabulous pack uh, of health products. And in there, which we've talked about, is magnesium. Uh, there's was the zinc, the vitamin C, which we've done so many shows on. Vitamin D, as you've always said, the sunshine drug. Uh, there was fulvic minerals. We've discussed iodine. Sodium bicarbonate, I think, was also in there. So my question to you is, why was that in there? What do I need it for? Why should I be taking it? All right. So the, the answer is, how, how much time have you got? Because there are so many incredible benefits to sodium bicarbonate. The, after the stomach has digested proteins uh, using hydrochloric acid, stomach acid, then uh, the valve at the bottom of the stomach releases and it goes down into the next stage, which is where the body makes bicarbonate of soda. Uh, bicarbonate is um, very similar to carbon dioxide. And uh, in hospitals, in emergency rooms, sometimes, and on ambulances, sometimes they might have injectable sodium bicarbonate to inject into somebody if they're having a stroke. Um, it's, there's so many things that it'll do, it's just incredible. I'll just run through a few of them. I mean, people who've got a urinary tract infection can be very useful for that. Um, uh, gout is, is a uric acid crystal buildup. And one of the ways to fix gout is using sodium bicarbonate, in, you know, always in, in water. Um, it has decent effects on the arteries, so it can sort of balance cholesterol. Uh, you know, cholesterol, the cholesterol isn't the problem, it's the arteries that are being lined with it that are the weak spots. So bicarb can really help there. You can, say you've got a sore throat, you can just gargle with it. Um, you want it to increase your testosterone levels, um, can be useful for that. Um, arthritis, some, you know, where, uh, where magnesium might be your first choice, bicarbonate of soda can be useful for that. It'll help dissolve kidney stones. Uh, helps with kidney disease, and in fact, dialysis is where they they actually use bicarb in the dialysis machines to remove the acidic waste because bicarb is very alkaline. Um, it can boost energy before a workout, for instance, or a run, or whatever you might want to do. And when you do a lot of exercise, um, the body tends to create uric acid. And because bicarb uh, neutralizes uric acid uh, and, well, sorry, lactic acid, I should have said lactic acid, um, it's the lactic acid that can give uh, bloating issues uh, with eating. It can be the lactic acid that's causing aching uh, after, after a heavy workout. So bicarb uh, will, before and after, can be both useful uh, in both cases. Um, but, uh, okay, what else can I think of? Can I just ask you, Clive, just, just a second? Um, so is it best, do you take it with another product or do you just like the dosage? Do you just put like a teaspoon uh, in water mm. and how many times a day should you be taking it? Okay, so knowing how to use it is super important. Yes. Bicarbonate of soda, not because so much it's a dangerous product or anything like that, but you want to get it right because it's so powerful, so brilliantly 
effective. Our body knows exactly what to do with it, and we make it ourselves. Um, but of course, the older we get, we may not be making enough stomach acid, we may not be making enough bicarb and everything else. As we get older, we tend to make less of pretty much everything. So because bicarb is the step after the stomach acid has completed its thing, um, it's the opposite. So you wouldn't want to take it uh, before a meal. You wouldn't want to take it directly after a meal. You'd want to leave an hour or maybe two hours would be better. Uh, but uh, So you want to take it on an empty stomach, in other words. Okay. Okay. So, now, is bicarb... Uh, uh, no, hang on. I need, to, I need to explain this in more detail. Okay. Because you, you want to get it right. Now, uh, half a teaspoonful of bicarb in water is the maximum you want to take at one time. And everything I say is not medical advice. Everybody should check this for themselves. I'm talking anecdotes from the from our ancestral past as to what they used to do many years ago before people woke up to the fact that drugs are much safer. <laughs> so, um, oh, uh, okay, where was I? Sorry. Um, Bicarb, dosages. People walking around and distracting me. Um, dosages, bicarb. Yes, so half a teaspoonful as much as anybody needs uh, and you take it between meals and you don't want to eat directly afterwards because it's going to have a detrimental effect on the stomach acid. Other than that, the only other rule is not to take uh, more than, say, three half te teaspoonfuls in a day or, or perhaps four. But you don't want to go overboard and, and take eight because that would be too much. So it's basically quite simple. Um, a good time to take it apart from in, right in between meals, would be before bed. So when we're asleep, that's when most of the healing happens. And uh, to, for that healing to be effective, it would be a good thing generally, uh, especially if people are eating a very acidic diet, a carbohydrate-rich diet, that during the night phase that they might want to take half a teaspoonful of bicarb in water before bed so that their body is running alkaline all night which would mean that their body voltage would uh, uh, get more negative, which would be what you want when you're healing. So um, other things that it'll do is, is detox you. Um, you mentioned sunburn. Uh, if, if, uh, you know, if somebody gets sunburn, the first thing they should do is to take, take some bicarb, half a teaspoonful of bicarb in water. They might want to take it before they go out in the sun. Um, so, uh, you know, let's wow. say somebody's got stomach ulcers, you know, or inflammation in general, um, uh, it would be perfect uh, for that. Okay. Um, so it's this, do you know when you just said about alkaline? Now, I've been doing, and I, I'm terrible for carbs. I, I, I really, I do like my potatoes, like a jacket potato. Uh, I hold no bars out, but I do love, I love my meat. I don't eat any fish. Um, but I take a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar in the morning with uh, one lemon squeezed into filtered water. Unfortunately, I haven't got a distiller. I would love to have just distilled water, but I haven't. So I'm taking the, the apple cider vinegar, lemon and water, and I put a bit of uh, a pinch of Celtic sea salt in as well. I drink that every morning to make sure I'm alkaline. I had no, and I've been starting to find I am getting bloated 
because I, 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 you know, I barely eat. I don't eat a lot, but it's just my tummy seems to get bloated a lot. Would this, if I take the bicarb of an evening before I go to bed, would that help? Well, um, the next meal you have, why don't you two hours after the meal yeah. take half a teaspoonful of bicarb and see whether the bloating goes away? But this is not something you want to do all the time. You don't want to take bicarb after every meal. This is not no. how to do it. You want to use it specifically. You want to target what you're trying to achieve and use it for that. You don't want the body to get used to bicarb all the time. Otherwise, it's likely to make less of it itself, possibly. Right, okay. So, um, I would be taking the apple cider vinegar half an hour before breakfast, for example. Yep. And um, uh, that should, as you say, the, the, the body will take in the acidity of the apple cider vinegar, and bizarre as it sounds, it seems that it makes the body go alkaline in response to it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's one of those few areas that are quite complex, and I've had various people explain the whole acid-alkali thing um, and I, uh, I'm not 100% uh, clear on why taking in one acidic food um, is going to have, have the reaction when another acidic food would have the opposite reaction. So there's a complexity there, but it does seem that lemon juice, apple cider vinegar, uh, while acidic, make the body go alka alkaline. It's amazing, yeah. But yeah. Where, whereas, you know... Uh, chips and hamburger buns are going to do the absolute opposite even though they're both acidic so there's something else going on and it's probably to do with enzy en enzymes and uh, and so on uh, however um it's um, worth also noting but you mentioned distilled water in one sense i'm not a great fan of distilled water um you can buy a water distiller a really good one with a glass um, bottle, you know, jug that comes with it for about £85 now online. So they're very cheap. The problem is that they cost money to run. It's like running an electric kettle, a mild, small electric kettle uh, for uh, several hours. So they're not cheap to run. So the water is not cheap. And they make a noise because they've got a fan. And so I've got a distiller. And when I want distilled water, which I use to make colloidal silver with for my own purposes at home, um, I've got it in another room because the fan noise really annoys me. So a, a better system, in a way, is to consider a reverse osmosis because whereas this distillation should get its naught parts per million, you know, depending on how new or old your filters are, reverse osmosis will probably get you to 20 or 30 parts per million or, you know, less if it's new, you know, probably 15 or something, I don't know. Um, which is a lot better than two, two or three hundred parts per million of stuff, but I mean, wet, uh, that would be in normal tap water. But I'm stunned when I go into cities like London and a few others, where people I know who are using distillers and they show me the bottom of the distiller after they've just distilled, let's say, four liters of water, and I've seen brown sticky tar, black sticky tar. I've seen all sorts of different colours of sort of powdery material. I mean, my God, when you've distilled some bad water, what, what's left? It's frightening. Really? You know, anybody who's not filtering their water or using reverse osmosis or whatever needs to, um, you know, to, to know this. I, I, I wish it was video and I could sh show you a picture. Uh, but even where I am, I'm out in the country and the water is pretty good. There's still uh, 
quite a thick powdery deposit at the bottom of my um, distiller. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a distiller. I've actually got to buy some filters for my Berkey. Um, so, yeah, what, what, type, what type of filter do you have? Do you have one that, that comes in through, uh, through the mains? Well, um, I haven't, I, I don't own a house. I, I have to rent one. So um, I haven't got anything permanently plumbed in, which would be reverse osmosis. Yeah. I, instead, I've got a countertop reverse os, osmosis uh, unit. And it, while it's sort of annoying because you've got to refill the tank uh, every uh, four litres or whatever it, whatever it might be, um, uh it, you can dial up different temperatures. So you can, you can press a button, it just comes out cold. Then you turn it one notch to, to the right, and it comes out at baby bottle temperature for warming a baby's bottle. Then one more turn, it comes out at the right temperature for herbal tea. And then the other one comes out as boiling water. And it's next to instant. It's next to instant hot water. Wow. Uh, so you don't need a kettle anymore. And you can, you know, when you're cooking, I've got it right by the hob. So... I can, you know, if I want to boil something, I've just put, put the water in boiling already. And having got used to that, I don't know what I do. You know, I've got so used to it. It's fantastic. And they're about, I think they may be a bit, a bit under 400 pounds, probably. Um, I was so impressed with it that I actually put it on my, uh, the shop on, on my website. Fantastic. Anyway, so guys, if you're looking for something like that, um, go over to Clive's website, clivedecarl.com, uh, and then obviously he's got his secret health club over there. Clive, I just want to go back to bicarb for a moment. Is bicarbonate soda the same as baking soda? No. Baking powder? No. Right. No, I thought no, they were the no. same. Well, that's the mistake that most people make. So bicarbonate soda is the agent that raises cakes and breads and stuff. You know, you know, it's a raising agent. Baking powder does the same job and will almost certainly contain bicarbonate of soda as one of the ingredients. But in baking soda, you, know, the, the, you can go into the supermarket and you can buy bicarbonate of soda or you can buy baking soda. Baking soda has extra things added, which when you're using it for health purposes, you don't want baking soda. You want pure 100% pure bicarbonate of soda. Fabulous. Thank you. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be bicarb. You know, there are um, uh, other uh, carbonates, uh, but sodium bicarbonate has, if you like, the reputation. Uh, I am planning in the near future to start uh, offering a, a bicarb blend of, you know, like potassium and magnesium and, and uh, other ones. For, for more balance. But for hundreds of years, people have known, you know, bicarb's been known for a very long time. And, uh, you know, and I only just scraped the surface of what you can do with this stuff. Wasn't there a thing years ago uh, with bicarb that people were saying that it was, it could help cancer patients? This is going back many, many years. I'm sure I heard somebody say that, or there was a blog written and again, we're not saying we're not going down and it's curing cancer. We're not saying that. I'm talking about at a time, uh, probably about six, seven years ago, there was a blog going to say bicarb was helping cancer patients. Or did I just make that up and dream that? 
I, I'd like to clarify that when we're talking about these two words, we're, we're spelling uh, the first word K-U-R-E and the second word K-A-N-C-E-R yes. for yes. Reasons. For legal reasons, yeah. Yes, yes, so we're not talking about what they might... No, we're not. No, we're talking it all with Ks. Go on, then. So, so you know, you're 100% right, and it goes back way, way before then. Um, uh, bicarb uh, has been injected into tumours by medical doctors for uh, uh, at least a decade, at least. Um, you know, bicarb taking inter internally, when you when you... You know, as we've suggested, take it at the right at the right amount at the right time, knowing exactly what you're doing and what the effects are going to be. Then uh, there have been uh, an R on, online. I mean, it won't be on Google anymore, but if you went onto another search engine like DuckDuckGo and uh, put in cancer and uh, bicarb, uh, hopefully all the information will pop up. It wouldn't be the number one thing I might do, but it would be in the top ten. Uh, conceivably, so um, you know it, it, it's just ri ridiculous how many uh, things it will do. I mean, you know how many how many diseases out there are inflammatory? Well, loads of them, maybe half of them, or something. So um, it is good for inflammation. You know, that's half the diseases. You know, poked at by one stick alone. Yeah, fantastic, Clive. Have you got any events or anything coming up uh, coming up at the moment? I know you are starting to write for the Light newspaper, and I think the first edition will be out today or tomorrow, I do believe. Um, looking forward to that. I think the first issue is going to be just a bit about you. Um, but people want to know more. People want to speak to you. What can they do? Are you still doing online consultations for people? Uh, yes, but I'm very booked up for that. Um, I'm My... my one of the things I'm going to be doing in the fairly near future is to put on a course for professionals uh, in the health side or just people who are super interested in it. Because uh, over the years, you know, I've been at it for quite a while, I've sort of got quite good at asking questions. You know, uh, things like, have you got dry skin? Tells a lot. You know, is your temperature out of control? Tells a lot. And so on. Just asking the questions, and um, I really want to teach people how to either self-diagnose or, you know, to get a fairly good clue as to what's wrong with people, because it's way simpler in a way than I thought it was 10 years ago. Really? Yeah. We see, I'm just talking about people controlling their temperature. I mean, I'm presuming this is just part of this curse of the menopause. But I am waking up during the night and my mum suffers from this really badly. She apparently she has about four changes of night dresses during the night, but I don't. I wake up dripping during the night with sweat. And I'm like all over the place. So I eventually get myself up off to sleep and then I wake up and I'm literally I'm clammy. It's oh it's horrible, Clive. Is this just part of the menopause? It could it be something else? It sounds like an iodine deficiency. How much how much Lugol's iodine are you using? I'm taking two drops a day in the morning. Have you ever taken more than that? No, only I think once on your advice many years ago. Uh, but no, I haven't. As we say, we've had this discussion about iodine. I was all all panicky, but you've 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 rested my alarm. But I've only been taking two drops a day. Okay, well I would suggest that you should research the idea 
that perhaps uh, for the next six weeks, um, see if your uh, temperature normalizes if you were to try somebody your size, let's say six drops, five days a week in water, and take the selenium as well. That's foul tasting. Yes, isn't it? That is absolutely foul. So, Can I put that in water instead of just taking it neat? Because, oh. Well, um, the problem with that is that the uh, research was done uh, with the neat liquid. And I spoke to uh, the chemist about this. And he, you know, I said, look, can we do something about the taste? Uh, and he said, no. Uh, all the research is just to grin and bear it and just wash it down with something else, and you, you know, a, 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 if, if you have to, a little bit afterwards. But um, uh, um, you get used to it. Okay. Uh, and, you know, you don't have to do it, do it every day. You don't have to use that version. There's another version uh, called selenomethionine, selenomethionine, uh, which... Uh, in many, many circumstances works as well, and some it doesn't, but for your purpose, it would work as well. Um, I'd be using, uh, what else could I be suggesting? I mean, uh, have you had uh, a thyroid test from the doctor to see what your numbers are, your TSH in particular? No. Okay, well, if you, if you have to go to the doctor at some point, you could ask them to do a thyroid test on you. Now, their interpretation of the numbers usually is rubbish, so, Tell me what the numbers are, or if somebody listening to this, you know, research your own numbers because the doctor's got the numbers wrong. They're underdiagnosing thyroid issues, and if you if you're low on uh, iodine for long enough, you're likely to get a thyroid issue, you know, hypothyroidism, even hyperthyroidism, and breast issues. So yeah, the way to look at this is to look. All you got to do is look at Japanese women. Japanese women hardly ever get breast cancer. And only one in 10 gets hot flushes at menopause. In England, it's nine yeah. out of 10 got hot flushes in menopause. What's the difference? It's, yeah. the, it's the iodine. In iodine. The, that's it. So if you're getting hot flushes, your mum, try, try what I've just suggested. Re research. You go onto the Secret Health Club and yeah. look at the iodine or thyroid pages. Just gen up a bit because there's some really key bits of information there. And... Um, you know, it's super important because it's about energy. It's about unwanted weight gain. There are all sorts, yeah. of, all sorts of issues <laughs> there. But let me let me get back to bicarbonate. Um, uh, well, uh, the thyroid uh, is responsible in in part for making the hydrochloric acid, which is stomach acid. So the thyroid, hydrochloric acid, and then the bicarb stage of digestion are intimately linked. So, um, but, you know, if you're getting bloating, basically it's, it's very likely to be the body saying you're eating the wrong food. If you're sweating at night, there are really a couple of things that could be going on. Uh, that's the, t you know, the night's the, the healing time. So if your body is sweating poisons out, uh, that would be the time that it would do it. If you're eating some artificial food that's got a coloring or a flavoring or, you know, something artificial or residue from the, herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, larvicides, whatever else, then it may be that your body is doing its best to detoxify you. So bicarb before bed would be an interesting experiment you could do today. Yeah, um, it will. 
Oh, and I can tell you how we're getting on next week. I'll start. We'll do an experiment. Let's start doing it. Two hours before, what, an hour before I go to bed, you say? A, a teaspoon in oh, water. Well, yeah, half an hour before bed or something. That, that okay. would be ideal. Um, One teaspoon? No. no. Oh, you see, oh. this is where it gets dodgy because yeah. I've said several times in a row, half a teaspoon. Oh, sorry, yeah. Well, you know, people, everybody listening to this, really needs to grasp the, necess the necessity in some cases of accuracy. You know, there are some supplements like magnesium. You can just go wild with it. But with bicarb, it is so crucial to the whole digestive system. You just need to get it right. So half a teaspoonful would be the most anybody needs to try. Don't, don't be heroic and take more. It's not necessarily going to work better. Um, let me mention a couple of other things because people need to know what to look for that bicarb might do, you can use it topically. Let's say you've got calluses on your feet. You could make a foot bath with a hugely concentrated, or you could just make a paste and uh, rub it onto the calluses. Um, you know, again, this is something you can research, but, but it'll soften calluses. Um, uh, you know, just so many things, so many things that it will do. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple more because there's just so many. Oh, yeah, insect bites, right? Get oh, bitten yeah. by an insect, try and make a bit of a paste of bicarb and put it on the insect bite. See if that reduces it. Um, somebody gets a cold. Quite a lot of people have reported over the you know the last century that it's helped to reduce the symptoms of a cold. Um, it cleans the organs. I mean, it just literally, you know, it's such a good detoxification thing because... Um, it, you know, it just cleans you out, freshens your breath. Um, what else can it do? I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Uh, oh, yeah, some people have found that it's good for weight loss. Some people have found it's useful to help them quit smoking. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it just goes on and on. I mean, assuming you haven't got hair dye on your hair, uh, if, if people have got a scalp problem, they can... Uh, rub some of the bicarbonate powder into the scalp, just rub it in. Uh, if you've got hair dye, you want to test it on a teeny tiny area first, maybe. Um, you can shove it in the dishwasher. Uh, if your dishwasher's smelling a bit, sh shove in a cup full of uh, bicarb, and that should fix that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, most a lot of toothpastes have bicarb as one of the ingredients, you don't want to brush your teeth often just in bicarb because it's too abrasive. Okay. But if you were making your own toothpaste, you know, bicarb would be one of the obvious components that works really well because it whitens teeth. That's fantastic, Clive. It, yeah, I've heard of that because a lot of them have got like, you know, obviously we don't use the, uh, we don't use fluoride types, but, you know, there is the, you have the, I think I use the aloe vera one. Uh, and there is a whitening one, and that does have the bicarb in. So, but one of the other useful things to know is if you just uh, put a bit of bicarb on your hand and rub it uh, uh, under your arms after you've had a bath or a shower, it's a super effective under your arm deodorant. It doesn't stop you sweating, but it it uh, stops the bacteria from going mental and you know that becoming smelly. So, cheap underarm deodorant. You can clean. It cleans moderately well, a stainless steel. If you put it in the laundry, uh, uh, half a cup, um, it's a colour enhancer. Supposedly, this is what, what I read when I was studying it. 
and wow. make you know, it's good for you know getting rid of anything smelly you know in the laundry. Uh, bronchitis has a reputation for uh, helping with bronchitis, helping with itchy skin. Yeah, it's um, I'm running out of things to think of now, but um, yeah, you get the idea. I think useful product and ludicrously cheap as well. It is. So um, people could go onto clivedecarl.com for all products mentioned, but I must recommend the Secret Health Club as well. Uh, there's some vital, vital information on that. And uh, Clive, Clive's around for, uh, you know, if, you, if you've got guys in your area who are putting on local streams or, you know, you want to suggest Clive to go onto people's shows, come and give us, let us know and we can... Uh, we need to get Clive's information out there because it's it's vital that people start taking back control of their health. He changed my life. He's changed so many people's lives and helped them understand their bodies, what it needs and what they should be putting in it. So Clive2Carl.com and, um, you know, if you should be on certain shows, do me a favour and uh, send me a link over of who you think and I can go and say, try and get Clive onto their shows. That would be... Uh, that would be great because we've got to get this knowledge out. So thank you, Clive. I will let you get back to your day, enjoying your sunshine and your beautiful birds. And we'll be back again next week. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Bye. Clive. Bye. I saw you there Just standing there I thought I was only dreaming, yeah I kissed you then And then once again